Um, I was just feeling this word for us. It says, gather the people to me, and I will let them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days they live on the earth, and that they may teach their children. Then they came near, and they stood at the foot of the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire to the midst of heaven, with darkness, cloud, and thick darkness. And the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of the words, but saw no form. You only heard a voice. So he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform. Sure, I just... I just, as we were worshiping, I actually felt like we were at that foot of that mountain and that we, each one of us here today, can hear God's voice for ourselves. And God wants to speak to each one of us this morning because he loves us and he really wants the very best for us. And I just feel this morning, turn your hearts and your ears to hear what God wants to say to you this morning. Because he's speaking this morning. And as we gathered here today, like the word says, he's come to speak with fire. He's come to speak through fire. He's come to, his word is, he is a consuming fire. And his word is powerful and effective. And it will do what it's called to do. Um, the whole week... <laughs> God's been speaking to me about um, his judgment and his mercy and that his mercy just overrides and that he longs to show mercy. And this morning uh, I was reading about the the woman caught in adultery um, and how everyone wanted to throw stones and Jesus, who probably could have thrown a stone, didn't. And he extends mercy to her, but he he says to her, go and sin no more. Um, Oh. And, and I felt there's some, some of us who um, are carrying sin <laughs> or carrying things that we've been carrying deep for a long time. And um, we sang that song about keep me here until you and I are one. And Joey said to me a while ago, like, Jen, stay in this place until God's done what he needs to do. And oh, sometimes when God takes us into places, it doesn't feel comfortable. <laughs> but it's his mercy. It's his mercy, and I feel like God's saying to us, if we'll respond to him, if we'll respond to him this morning, his mercy is there to reach out to us, but we need to respond. We need to respond. Thank you, Jen. So a lot of words that came through this morning, and um, even from Michael and Mark and and it's really about this new life that we must walk in. And then for a while, like the elders have been feeling like we've been sharing. Obviously, we share a lot about dying. But we're dying so that we can live. And I really felt this for the past while I've been feeling like there's this new life in the law that we need to partake of. And the words that came... Like Mark was saying that, yo, I was obedient. And then as I was started in obedience, and, and then when I looked again, I wanted to do this. My heart was shifted to do this. And that is really how 
working out this new life is. I remember when I got saved, the, the dying thing, the things that were dying was, the things that I was laying down, that was good, but the stuff that really stirred me was this new life. It was like, Lord, there's this, there's this, this plans that I need to follow that isn't my plans. I discovered that prayer really works. I discovered that the, the presence of God is real. The Holy Spirit, the prophetic, fellowship, real, true fellowship. And there's all these things that a life of God brings that we walk in that will take us from one degree, degree of glory to the next. And often, we get stuck in the dying, but not the living. But that is where the Lord is calling us. And all the words that's come out today is, um, has been about this call. You know, in 2 Peter, the word shares, um, Peter shares, and he says there's this new life for us, that we've been given everything we need to walk in it, to walk in godliness, to walk in all the things of God, but we need to make every effort to walk in it. And I think the words that have been coming now, the action, the stepping out, is that this is not going to happen by itself. God has given us everything that we need. This new life, we are filled with the Spirit, we are led by the Spirit, and there are fruits of the Spirit. But we need to make a decision that we're going to make every effort to walk in it. And I think that is one of the things the Lord is calling us to this morning. I'm not sure who's at the AV at the moment. Hey, the words are up already. I love it. Whoever's there now, well, good job, brother. For the very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. And think about this. Are you adding this? Because when it says add, it doesn't mean add a triple G. It means add generously. Are you adding these things? For every reason, make every effort to add to your faith. Goodness. Is goodness increasing? To goodness, knowledge. Are you positioning yourself? Are you spending time in the Word? Are you positioning yourself to be equipped? Will you be at the gathering? Will you be at 412? Will you be at times that are called for us together? To knowledge at self-control. How is your self-control doing? And self-control isn't only about how much times do I lose my temper? How much times do I show my fist at the taxi drivers through the window? It's also about I'm making a decision. One of the calls this morning prophetically is the Lord is calling us to obedience. So you make a decision today. I'm going to use an easy example. Lord, I'm going to eat healthy. And Monday comes, yes. Tuesday comes, I'm going strong. Wednesday, I'm starting to waver, but... By the time Friday comes, my self-control has lost me, has left me. How are we doing with our self-control? To self-control add perseverance. How's our perseverance? <laughs> like the situations you find ourselves in. Like we will face troubles in this world. We will face difficult situations in this world. But do we persevere? Do we push in? Do we continue steadfastly? Or do we know that for, for, for a while we'll struggle and then we'll move to the next thing? For a while we'll hold the line and then we'll move to the next thing. But we'll never finish. We'll never say, Lord, come and finish what you started. And to perseverance, godliness. 
and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Joel, if you can uh, keep, keep it on the NIV for the other scriptures, please. Okay. That might be the NIV, but it's not what I got. And these are the things we should be adding. This is the new life. And we, and the word says that we are not left to our own devices. We've been given everything that we need. You know, if our hearts are for God, there was a king in the Old Testament. His name was King Asa. And what he did was, he gave his heart to the Lord, and the Lord gave him mighty victories that he should not have won. But then as time went on, because of his success, his victories, he forgot where he got it from. And he started believing in his own strength, and he started making his own plans, and he started making alliances with kings around him. And the prophet came, and the Lord said, that the eyes of the Lord... Romans to and fro across the earth, looking for hearts that are fully committed to him, so that he may strengthen them. But to that king he said, you have done a foolish thing, and war will be your portion. You'll never have peace. And I want to say that that is one of the things, our hearts want to be, Lord, is devoted to you. Our hearts is for you, Lord. We want to do it your way. We want to be obedient to you, because if that is our posture... He will strengthen us. And I don't know about you, but I want the Lord to be my strength. Because I know in Him victory is found. Yeah, and it's so important. We've heard, I've heard it so many times. It's so important. Not so much what you got saved out of, but what you got saved into. So often we get saved and it's like, yo, I'm stopping smoking, I'm stopping swearing, I'm stopping. But what is the, we are the fruits of the Spirit. What is the new things? What did you get saved into? Did you get saved into purpose? Into a calling? Into walking in obedience? Into what the Lord has for you? Into His purposes? How is your life like when you got saved? When you're walking in this new thing? There's a 180 degree turn from the old. And, it's not, and it doesn't matter how good or bad you think you were. You know, you heard some testimonies. You, I was the worst. I did this, I did drugs. And you get some testimonies of, I grew up in the church. But it doesn't matter how good or bad you think you are. The word says that you were dead in your transgressions. And you were made alive in Him. Has there been a, are you unrecognizable from before you were saved? When people see you from, that haven't seen you before you got saved, they're like, who are you? Or is Jesus just a bit of sprinkling on the life you had? Are you walking in the same way? Because then there's something wrong. You haven't picked up. You're not walking in this new life that we call to. And the topic of the preach today is taking the land. Taking the land because there is things the Lord has for each and every one of us. There is plans, there is calling, there is purpose on each and every one of our lives. But we need to be determined to take all of it. And this pattern of, we're going to share about Joshua and how he took the land, how he led the people into the promised land. Another context of this is, like Moses used to, he was that guy, that he used to speak to the people and said, hold to the Lord's commands, hold to his precepts. 
Hold to what he's called us to. Let us write it down. Let us remind generation upon generation. Moses even spoke about the promised land. After we go into the promised land, we need to teach our children. Because there will be enemies. There will be other nations. But we hold to the things of God and he never even entered in. Because the context of Joshua was, of Joshua 6. You can put up Joshua 6 verse 2. So long, Joel. And... The context is, we all know it, after they came through the days, the Lord led them out of Egypt, they came to the promised land, 12 spies went in, 10 came out with a bad report. And the Lord said, because of your unbelief, because you didn't see me, you didn't see the victory is in me, not in you, you will die out. This generation will die out. And it's been 40 years. So when we reach this scripture, it's 40 years later. A generation has died out. Joshua's facing Jericho. And before this, there's already been miracles. The Lord has taken him over the Jordan, miraculously. And they're facing this high wall. So by this time, they've learned, I have to trust in God. So just before this verse, it says that Jericho was closed up. The gates were closed. No one was going in or out. The walls were high. And this is what the scripture says. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Who said? I like the way you say it. Say it again. The Lord. Okay. The Lord said, and that is the starting point of everything, anything we want to walk in, step into, any calling, any purpose, that the Lord say. So often when I'm speaking to guys, my first question is, they've got big plans, big purpose, I've got this, did the Lord say it? That is your starting point. You better be sure the Lord said it. Because often I find, you know who said it? Our feelings. And I'm not talking about every decision. I'm talking about destiny decisions. Like here, they're facing, they want to enter the promised land. It's going to impact Israel's destiny. It's going to guide where their children will be, where their grandchildren will be, how they will walk. So what are some of the decisions that are big? Give me some ideas. What church you belong to? Where you live, what country you find yourself, what city you find yourself, who you marry. Job, what job you have, where you working, anything else? How many kids? I don't know if that's going <laughs> to... Speak to your wife, your future wife about that. <laughs> but it is decisions that will affect your life. And often we someone make decisions on a feeling, on what our friends say. We're getting input from anyone. On a motivational video clip we saw. On an online meme that's encouraging. Maybe we had a dream. And we'll just make calls. And it's fine if that triggers something, but are you coming before God? Are you praying about it? Are you spending time in a word? 
Are you speaking to your leaders and submitting it, and submitting it not to say, oh, this is lawful, but to say, oh, I don't want to step into something that not, that's not God. It must be God. Because if it's not God, we're building in vain. One day when we come before the Lord and everything we've walked in, we've carried, we've built, will be tested in fire. And only the eternal things, the things of God will last. And if God didn't say it, we built in vain. We wasted our time. Our goal, we had the wrong goal. We were running the wrong race. It starts with the God said. And then it says, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its kings and its fighting men. You know how much times in the Bible the Lord says, when He says something to someone, See. See, and then He gives a promise, or a command, or a declaration that doesn't make sense. So he tells uh, Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho. So Israel is facing Jericho, and it's under lockdown. The walls are. And the Lord says, see, I have given it to you. And in the natural, it's like, that doesn't make sense. That's not my current situation. But he had to see beyond the situation. And often when the Lord calls us to something, it will, not, it will not look possible, it will not look in our present situation that it is possible. But we need to be a people that hears God, looks to God, sees what the Lord is saying, not to the eyes, but in the spirit. Because what is impossible to man is possible in God. And I think that is the eyes we need to see. Do you see it? Don't look at your situation. And often... We are guided, we are led, we are defined by our past and our present situation. Who you are, your identity, where you're going is defined by God. That's what God says. I don't care how old or how young you are. Your story is not written yet. It's not finished yet. God decides. God defines What people say about you doesn't define you. What your parents say, your grandparents, your work colleagues, your friends, your siblings, doesn't define you. What you've been through doesn't define you. If you've been hurt, if you've been in difficult situations, it does not define you. Your school, your university, your college does not define you. Who's writing matric at the moment? Put it high and be proud. I see that, Dan. For you guys, your matric results does not define you. And I'm saying give your best, give all you can. But no matter how well you do, no matter how bad you do, it will not define you. God defines you. What God says defines you. But you need to see it. 
And to see it, you need to be, you look beyond all the whispers of people, your circumstances, your situation, but you need to see, Lord, there's a promise. And for everyone here, there's a promise of God in your life. I'm just trying to skip through stuff because I know Joey didn't give me much time today, but okay. Um, yeah, so you need to see it. And I think the, so, and all the things I've mentioned, all the situations, the circumstances of life, the world, it is there to crush you, to mold you, to bend you. But if you look to God, He is the potter, and you are the clay. And you say, Lord, all these things doesn't shift the potter. It doesn't change what you're making, what you're building. But often it looks like the world is shaping us, crushing us, molding us. And if you're here this morning and you're feeling like, you I'm being shaped, I'm being, this, my situations are bending me, take it to the potter. Because I can tell now he's not scared, he's not afraid, he's not concerned by the situations that you faced. He's seen greater battles. And having a vision is important because what you see is important. Because the word says that those without a vision will perish. It also says they cast out of restraint. Which means if you don't have a vision, a purpose in God, anything goes. You're wandering aimlessly, trying this, trying that. But nothing lasts. And you know, your vision will impact everything of your life. If you see what God has for you, it will change everything in your life. It will change your friendships. And I'm not saying going cut off friendships. I'm saying it will change. The Spirit of God will change your friendships. And you'll be amongst people and it will be like, it will be friends of yours and you don't have to cut them off. If they don't believe you and, and you witness to them, and, but if they're mocking and they, not, and they don't believe, and they, I can tell you now there's going to be a choking of that relationship. Because the friends that you build is going to be friends. Because the words spoke about earlier about this brotherly affection, this mutual love. And that we build one to another amongst God's people. Yes, we love the lost, but they're not going to be our core friendships. It will change your attitude to situations. Because if you do not have a vision, every situation, every bad situation will impact you. You walk around in defeat. You'll be like a, like, a, uh, like a leaf being blown left and right. You've just been tossed around by the ways, by the circumstances of life. But if you've got a vision of where the Lord has called you to, yes, the Jericho is high. It's closed up. The situation doesn't look good. But you will not be shaken because your God is bigger. For those of us that are his, we are anchoring him. We will not be shaken out from the purposes and the call of God because we see something. It will determine your priorities. How are your priorities looking? The things of the kingdom, how, where does it fit in your priorities? Because if you see something in God, on the, on the call of God, it will change your priorities. My priorities haven't always been good. And often when it shifts and it changes, and I go tell Tanya, yo, the Lord showed me this, and she says, I've been praying for you. I'm like, okay. Often. What about, it'll change your investments. Where you invest your time, your money, 
I'm not saying cancel your RA. Like, do those things. I'm not saying close your business. Keep your business. But what are you, are you investing in the kingdom? Like, your business, when you go there, your workplace, your marriage, your family, are you like, Lord, what do you want to do? I want to see your purposes in this thing. Or is it a way to make money, a business, a way to make money? Your work is a means to an end. Nothing we do is a means to an end. Everything we do is a call. I'm running out of time. Let me just try to slip over here. I know Sean uh, them is leaving exactly at one because they got somewhere to be. So when I see them get up, I'll know. And it's not my preaching. Just trying to see. Okay, skip that. Okay. Put up uh, Joshua six three to five, please. Okay. So what? So they heard the Lord. Joshua heard the Lord, and he saw the victory. And the third part, he had to follow and obey instructions. Here's the instructions: march around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. So march once every day. March around once, go chill. March around once, go chill. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times and the priest, priest blowing the trumpets. Next one. When you hear that, them sound a long blast on the trumpets. Have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up. Every man straight in. So that's the instruction. Who's been in the army here? Who's? Pick up your hand, be proud. Yeah, I see that. I see that. Show you an army, brother. Did you fight or? Okay. That's the best time to be in the army during times of peace. So, I mean, I'm not an army, brother, but that doesn't sound like the most uh, strategic plan for battle. Like, I'm no general, but I mean, I've watched Lord of the Rings. And I've seen, like, high walls, and I've seen them ram the, the gates and shoot the arrows on top, and the catapults with fire, and that seems like a, a plan. That doesn't sound like a plan. Go around the city. And often when the Lord calls us to something, it will, it will not sound like it will work. It will look like that is never going to work. That will be hard. But the Lord's ways is not our ways. And if it looks like it's our plan, the Lord does not get the glory. Why do you think, you know, when they, when they enter in, when the walls do come down and they enter in, and then people ask, Joshua, how does that work? I don't think he said, you know, we practice a long time to blow that trumpet. We all practice in unity to give a shout. I think you would have declared, I don't know, but it was the Lord. But God. And many of us here, I'm sure, have been in situations where we say, this is the way you were given counsel, you hear the Lord, this is how you're going to walk through this thing. And you're like, that's never going to work. Or you're like, Mark, you need to host, and it's like, that is never going to be me. But then as you walk in it, and over time, without even knowing, you look back and say, I like hosting. I actually want to do it. The Lord has done something. 
And when you look back, you don't think it's a strategy, I worked to a plan, you think the Lord did that. And often it's only when you look back, like in the moment you don't even know. Because the Lord is working, we're not working. The Lord is working something in us, and we'll see it later. I remember, let me just see, I've got two minutes, two minutes, let me. Um, you know, the, the kingdom that we are part of is an upside down kingdom. I've said this many times. It doesn't work the way the world works, and we've been conditioned to operate the way the world operates, to use wisdom of the world. But the word says that we need to use godly wisdom. You know, in the word, Jesus said this in Matthew 5, I think. He said, um, if someone sues you for your shirt, give a coat and your shirt. If someone slaps you, turn the other cheek. The Roman soldiers at that time, if they found a Jew, they could give them all their stuff to carry for one mile. And that was the, the law. So they find you in the streets, carry my stuff, one mile, thank you. Jesus said, if they force you to walk one mile, go too. He said that if you want to be first, get to the back of the line. If you want to be high, go low. And it's an upside-down kingdom. What you think is going to work is not going to work. But what seems foolish in man's eyes is the way our kingdom works, or the way our king works. Mm. I think one of the key things here is to obey completely. And if I was Joshua, I'd have probably been like, can't we do this in one day? I'd have been impatient. You know, you don't add or remove from what the Lord says. You don't add your idea to it. I'm going to make it better. You don't take away from it. You don't speed it up or slow it down. So you obey in the moment. You know, in uh, the first time they went into the promised land, they weren't obedient in the moment, and their generation died out. Sometimes you're going to get the chance. Sometimes you're going to get one chance to obey. Jonathan Conrad that's coming now. I remember he shared a story, and I'll go quickly with this. He shared a story. He was preaching at the church. There was an old man in the back. Didn't notice him. Afterwards, no one was talking to him. He went to the back, had a coffee, chatted to the guy, asked him if he wants to be saved, led him to the Lord. The next day, he was riding around in town, and he saw a commotion. Someone had passed away. He went there and that man had a heart attack. The same man he, he spoke to the day before. He had one shot. That man had one chance, one moment. Grab the moment. You know that delayed obedience is disobedience? Like if you're sitting here and you're not saved today, or you're going to recommit today, but in your heart it's like, I'm going to do it later on. I need to sort out a few things. Or maybe you're caught up in sin today. And you're like, I need to ease out of this. I need some time. I need to work my way out of this. Today is the moment. Now is the time to be obedient. Because nothing you're going to do. You're not going to save yourself. You're not going to set yourself free. It is the king of kings that does that. It is the name above every other name that does that. It is Jesus.
And we don't add or remove, we don't speed up. I would have been like, we can do this in one day, guys. Like we can go, let's go seven times around day number one. But we do it in the Lord's timing. We wait on the Lord. There's steps to this thing. Let me just see. And it's complete obedience. Every step. So what happened? Joshua was told, I'm going to give you the victory. But to get to the victory, there's steps to follow. Seven days. But we need a generation that wants to see the victory without the marching, without the walking. I wonder how many of us here should be marching at the moment. Should be persevering. Should be one step at a time, Lord. Because it's in the details. And often I've seen this. Often someone gets a word, and it's a word from the Lord, about their future, the nations, the... But then there's a walking out. That is the victory. That is the end. But then there's a being obedient and faithful, and, and uh, Michael touched on this, being faithful with what's in front of you, and then you'll get more. But I've seen this. Guys get a word... And that word will nullify every other thing. Can you be obedient to the small convictions? No, no, the Lord got mighty plans for me. And the word that the Lord called you to, that was there to encourage you, becomes an idol, and you die in that place. The, the way to get to the victories and the places and the purposes of God is one step at a time. It's going to take some marching and some time. Mm, skip that. And I'm coming to a land. And now we pass one. Um, I remember, and this is going to be a, a pattern. When the Lord gives you often the big picture, the small steps will look like it's going in the other direction. And you're going to be like, no, that's taking me away from your core, Lord. But you need to be obedient because everything's a test. I remember Andrew shared when he uh, planted, uh, when he wanted to plant Josh Jen from Cape Town. And he, had, he didn't have a lot of money and he saved up, I think like 10,000 rand and they were about to leave. And on that service at the church, the Lord said, give that money. Now, I would have been Lord, you got a big call for me in Cape Town. This money, I need this money. It's not, I'm not going to risk it. Or maybe I'll give a thousand rand. I'll keep, the, I'll tithe. But he gave. He was fully obedient. Partial obedience is disobedience. I remember many years ago when I was in another church. I was in a community with this guy. And I think he was from the DRC. Name was Jean. And uh, I was with him in Com for like six months to a year, and we built a relationship, and I used to pick him up for Com, among a bunch of other guys also. And as I chatted to him, I realized that, um, I, like he was trying to save money to get back home. Now, in that same season, I was caught up. Just before I got saved, I was caught up with a lot of debt. My Jericho wall at that point was massive bad debt. My credit cards had credit cards. And I was like, 
Yo, this thing, I'm never going to get out of this. And the Lord gave me a word. He, sh- he said, I am going to take you out of this. I'm going to give you the victory in this. I'm going to bring down this wall of bad debt. And I was like, yes, let's go, Lord. And he showed me a way. He gave me the steps, and I was following it. And the first month, the first month of walking in this, I had 5,000 rand to put towards my debt. And I was like, yes. But then on that day, when I was speaking to this guy, I'm about, I think I'm about a week away from giving this, this 5,000 rand towards my credit card, number one, the first credit card. And this, I'm chatting to this guy, and he's telling me, no, he's trying to get back home, but he's saving up, but he's literally surviving. So let's say he's saving up 100 rand a month. It's going to take him years to get home. And he needed 5,000 rand when I asked him, how much do you need? 5,000 rand. And I'm like, yes, I wish I could help you out, bro. But right now, I am in the season of slaying debt. The debt demon, the debt wall is coming down. So I'm not going to walk in another direction from where the Lord is calling me to. You, know, you, you came to me at the wrong time. But didn't ask me. We were just talking. And then I remember I went to Tanya. Hey, this guy needs 5,000. And you're but we're busy. And Tanya said, no, you're right. You should give it. I said, I didn't say I should give it. <laughs> And for two weeks, I'm wrestling with this. No, Lord, but this is the time you're going to teach me how to be frugal. Was that a word? I don't know. My English, my English something. Jenny's impressed. This is the way you're going to show me how to be tight, stingy, or whatever. This is not a time to be dishing out money. I don't want to be disobedient, but after two weeks of Lord, I had a deep conviction I need to give it. And you're not in that season because I, uh, generosity doesn't come naturally to me. With my family, yes. But outside of that, I'm talking then, no. For Tanya, it came naturally. I mean, she was like Oprah. <laughs> you get it, Laba. You get it. No. She, she's not here, eh? Okay. But for me, in that season when it looked like I need to be tightening up the Lord, show me, I remember, time after time, He called me to be generous. And I'm like, but this is not how this works. And he taught me to be, if you want to be blessed, be a blessing. And when you are blessed, be a blessing. And the Lord will teach you things that doesn't look like, but this isn't the season for it. But will you be obedient? And I'm landing. The wall's coming down. Um, I'll skip that, skip that. Okay, so Joshua 6.20, and this is where we're landing. When the trumpet sounded, the people shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed, so every man charged straight in, and they took the city. And Anton, I don't know if you guys... I don't know who needs to come up, but if someone can come up. I'm not quite sure how to do this, but because um, I know we're out of time. Um, okay. This is what we'll do. After I share this land now, whoever needs to leave can leave. But if you know the Lord is, I mentioned some stuff that I prayed about. If you know the Lord is calling you, challenging you in these things, stay. 
And I want you to come to the front. And in the song we're going to sing now, it's not for them to sing. It's for us as the declaration for each and every one of us. It's for us to declare something. To declare the victories of God. Now the first thing I want to say is the army shouted. You know, some victories only come corporately. So when we have the gathering next week, the Lord's going to shift us, move us as a people. That comes corporately, be there. And when I was praying about this, and I don't know where you are this morning, you might be stuck. Or you might be marching. You might be faithful one step at a time. Lord, I'm doing it. I'm not seeing change. I'm getting tired. It's day number six. It's day number seven. I'm tired. But I'm still holding on. And I want to say, keep on marching. And if you're standing still, if you if you trapped, if you caught up in sin, if you're stuck this morning, this afternoon, this lunchtime, whatever. Then come once again and say, Lord, today I draw the line. I think someone brought the word Tanya. I draw the line today, Lord. Your Jericho wall this morning might be salvation. It might be recommitment to God. It might be there's a separation between you and God this morning. Maybe you just told to, maybe you haven't experienced His presence. Maybe you feel like you're far from Him. Maybe you've never given your heart to Him. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can't get to the Father but through me. The words that Jesus came to tear down walls of separation, to reconcile us. So if there's anyone here this morning that needs to be reconciled with the Father, that needs to come back, don't respond. I want you to stay. And I was praying this morning in the car, and these are, and I didn't want to forget it, so I wrote it down. relationships maybe there's walls in relationships this morning in your family in your marriage with your kids your parents friends maybe there's a wall there that needs to come down maybe you've been through years of financial struggle maybe right now you're marching Lord I'm trying to be faithful but I just can't seem to break free the struggle of finances, the pressure of finances. I want you to stay. Because you can declare today that there is victory in you. Tension and unhappiness at work, in your workplace. Whether you've got a business, whether you work for somebody. But Monday blues is very blue. And you, you need freedom. And your situation is not going to change. You need to change. Your perspective needs to change. You need to see the victory. Repetitive sin. So like giving a sin to the Lord, you like, you feel like you got victory. You go for a day, a week, a month, six months, but then that thing pops back up. It's like I thought it all was down. I want you to stay with repetitive sin. There's a wall that needs to come down. Addictions. I'm not talking cocaine, it might be. 
But I'm talking any type of addiction. Porn, prescription meds, any type of addiction. And you can't break free. Stay. Maybe it's hurts this morning. Maybe it's trauma. Maybe it's abuse from your past. Maybe you've been through some stuff. Maybe you've been through some tragedy. Maybe there is, it's like, Lord, they like the pain. And I believe that the Lord will restore. Keep on marching. The Lord will restore what the enemy has taken. The Lord will heal. The Lord will rebuild. Stay. Maybe it's generational curses. Maybe there's patterns in your family generationally. I'm landing with this one. For me, I remember when I got saved, I was saved for about a month or two. And I went somewhere out. Um, it was like a place where we went to go pray. And the Lord told me there's a generation, I didn't even know what it was. There's a generational curse on your family of alcoholism. And I was like, what? And it was on one side of my family, my uncle, my father's uncles, and their uh, father, and many of them passed away because of alcoholism. And it came down, and the Lord told me this, that if you, and I, I didn't think I was an alcoholic, but I was drinking, and the Lord said, if you do not stop completely, your son is going to carry that. And he showed me my son that's going to carry it. So I heard the Lord I saw the victory. He said he's going to set me free and he told me what to do. Stop. And I had to walk in obedience. And on that day, I stopped drinking alcohol. And a few years, I did it for like four years and then the Lord gave me a word and said, I'm releasing you of that. The victory has come. So if there's generational curse in your family, you know what's going to break it? Obedience walking in the opposite spirit so if you know there is stuff in your family that's repetitive down the generations and you want to break it and maybe you like I feel I've got the victory but for your family you want nothing to be broken stay and I'm going to say this one scripture I'm going to read it I don't have to put it up and I felt this when I was praying and the word says just before this, do not be afraid. Deuteronomy 24. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. And all the things I've called out today, I was praying to the Lord. The Lord said, these are the things I'm going to call my people to. These are the things that they are struggling in. These are the things I'm going to give them victory in. These are the things I'm going to call them to march in and believe me in and trust me in, in my time. And I will do it. I will give them the victory. Do not be afraid. Do not be overwhelmed. Do not shrink back this morning. This morning is the moment of being obedient. Don't say I'm going to do it next week, next year. Well, one of the things he told me was marriages. If you are unequally yoked this morning, he's going to call the other partner in. He is going to give you the victory. And if you're sitting here this morning with delayed obedience, it is disobedience. If you're going to do it later, today is the day. So now we're going to sing a song, but it's not singing. They're not, they're leading us. 
But it's going to be a declaration of each and every one of us declaring. It's about our God. It's about the victory in Him. So I want us to do that. And then after we do that, whoever needs, you can leave. But whoever needs prayer, you know. And this declaration, I'm trusting, Lord, in the declaration, as we worship, you're going to move in your people. But if you know that you need prayer, if you give your heart today, if you're getting saved today, if you're recommitting today, if you need prayer in something today, stay and we'll pray for you. Everyone else can leave. Amen. So if you can declare this morning, if you can stand up and we're going to declare this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you've said, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're calling us to as a people, Lord. Each and every one of us, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, in our battles, in our fights, in the walls that look high, that we can, that it will never come down. Lord, I thank you in you there is a victory, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that we go onto your promises, onto your word, Lord. That we know the end, Lord, that the victory is in you, Lord. That life is found in you, Lord. Our eternity is in you, Lord. We declare it this morning, Lord. Come and tear down every wall this morning, Lord. In your people. In Jesus' name. Amen.